back in 2014, a little film kind of came out of nowhere-ish called Guardians of the Galaxy. No one really knew what it was. No one really was like, oh, I want a Guardians of the Galaxy film. But then that film turned out to be quite great. So a number of films later, they have a sequel. 14th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Barry, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Gareth, and to everyone listening. We're into the technically third year we've been doing this podcast. Are we really? Wow. Yeah, we started this in 2016. Wow. Wow. I did, I did not realize that. I, I, I thought it was a 2017 venture exclusively. That's that's impressive. That's how many films there are. Yeah, there's a lot. I suppose that's probably the real. That's what we really learned here is that there's a lot of these. Yeah, because basically every time we come close to catching up, they continue to release new ones. Yeah. We're actually, yeah, we're getting closer and closer. I think they've released five like in in the time I think since we started doing this they've released five films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 intense. <laughs> so we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, not two, Volume Two this time. What are the headline thoughts? What do you think? Uh, yeah, so I, I remember coming out of this um, and liking it first time. Uh, thinking it was just a, a level or two below the the original, and uh, yeah, this is one that uh, upon revisiting it, I I was about the same on it. Um, I think it does a lot of the same things well. I think it does some things even a little better, and I think it does a, a handful of things worse. Um, so I I don't think it's in the upper echelon where the original Guardians is on the MCU rankings, but I think it's it's you know it's in that high mid area. Hmm. Um, I, I was I was pretty down on this when I saw it the first time. Yeah, I, I I was I was a little torn on it as I was watching it, and I thought I thought they stuck the final act pretty well. Yep. Um, which meant as I came out of it, I was over overall positive. And as I say, yeah, I, I had pretty much the exact same uh, feeling watching it here. And yeah, like you say, you know, little down. I think I think I think part of my problem with this film, we'll just just to dive right into it. Is I I don't think it's as funny as the first one. What I what I think the problem is on that line. I think it tries to be funny in the same way. You know, like Dave Batista was like the breakout star of the first one, so it's like just more Batista, I guess. Which is like he's he's good, but it's just I don't think it's anything new. And I think that's my, my that was my biggest problem when I saw this the first time was it's a lot of the first one again. Yeah. And and Batista actually was my kind of main grievance when I saw the film the first time and, and stuck with me again the second time is he, 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 funnily enough, kind of like, a, you know, in WWE, when something kind of catches on, they just double down on it and, and overdo it to the point that it's no longer fun. And I feel like Batista's character was um, kind of amped up in some ways that I just didn't enjoy. A, a little too over the top, a little too frequent with the really hearty belly laugh. No, the, um, the laugh. The laugh is particularly the worst bit. Yeah, the laugh is is grating, and and they're doing the thing where you know he's obviously you know he that was a big smash hit of the first film was that he doesn't really uh, interpret sayings and stuff, and he's maybe a bit socially um, awkward around people, and so they parlayed that into a sort of relationship in this film, which was interesting. But they, they I think they just laid it on too thick, where he he, he wasn't um, where he wasn't quite picking up the signals uh, uh, from his love interest there a bit, and it was a little too much. And and so and so as you say, yeah, that and and a couple of other ways, it did feel like it was kind of just doing an imitation basically i'm trying to put like what's the difference between batista and the first one and batista and the second one one like it was unexpected in the first one so like 
it's Batista, so you don't really expect him to be funny, and you don't really expect, because, like, no one says Dave Batista's... Well, actually, anyone that's watched WWE television knows he's an extremely charismatic man, but <clears throat> you don't expect him to be, like, ha-ha hilarious, and he was, but it was kind of like that understated, unexpected, like, like he was the butt of the joke rather than making the joke, and it, ju- it did just feel like every word out of his mouth, and this entire film is meant to be a punchline, and that's just far too much. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, um... Yeah, they le- they leaned into it, and and I I mean I and I can understand that as well. I mean, look, that was that was uh, a big talking point from the first one, but uh, did did not pay off in in my opinion. Mm. So the the big crux of this, which actually I I found this interesting rewatching this film this morning because the first time I somehow missed like like the first, the thing that was in my head coming out of this film the first time was like oh there wasn't much of a through line through the whole film, and then watching it the end of the day it's like oh family yeah they they beat you over the head with that. How did I miss yeah. that? <laughs> I, I couldn't believe, like, they outright used the we're not friends, we're family line. Yep. Um, like, not only is that kind of on the nose anyway, but now we're in a post-Fast and Furious world where they made that their thing. <laughs> yes, they do. Um, it's like, it's like, geez, like, that is really on the nose. And that's really, um, um, yeah, it's, you know, it, I mean, it's, I mean, look, there's a million films that have this general vibe about it. Yeah, I forgot that Batista straight up says it in this. Yeah. And it again, that just feels like that's kind of a lesson that was learned in the first film, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh we 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 have been there, we done we did that. And another and, and, and again, you know, Nebula at one point kinda says, Oh, all you guys do is fight, blah blah blah. It's like, well yeah, again, okay, we've we've seen the first film. Mm-hmm. They don't get along, that's kinda what their thing is, like we get it. It was a, a little bit of retreading over the over the same stuff but again it's like i think you know whereas that first one was a it was a weird mesh of a big budget blockbuster but it was also experimental in its own weird way it was these lesser known characters a a sort of a a weird director james gunn has a very weird kind of a catalog behind him he's not he's not someone i would typically prior to this would have typically associated with with big budget blockbusters uh, and and it, you know unusual cast obviously you know um, uh, you know taking on Batista and a few other people here or there who maybe stand out and 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 then this one is kind of the antithesis of that it's like it's a very safe film a lot of the same people are involved but they are just they're 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 hitting their checks you know they're checking off their list rather is probably what I meant to say of of all the things that they think made the first one good and they made this one just kind of good. And you're, you're right, like, the, the first one's like, oh, Chris Pratt's an unconventional lead, and, like, they cast Vin Diesel and Bradley Cooper in the film, but if you went into the film without knowing they're in it, you wouldn't know they're in it. Whereas this time, it's like, hey, look, it's a sliced alone cameo. Yeah, yeah, which is odd, and, and there's the whole thing about that, that, you know, maybe he's in there because it's not just a cameo. Maybe maybe they'll go somewhere with, um, uh, with that, um... Uh, uh, subset of characters because obviously he's, I, it, it does kind of feel like a cameo uh, when he's um, you know he has his one brief scene in the beginning and then he has one later on and then he has a post credit scene but that post credit scene kind of makes you feel like eh, they, did, they didn't get sliced alone in here just to do five minutes in this movie mm-hmm. I believe the, the Ravagers as they are in, in, in this cinematic universe uh, I'm pretty much ignorant on this. This is just something I read after the fact, but I believe they are more or less the original composition of the comic book Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, that Specifically, the, the, the characters shown in the post credit scene, not the ones that are in the, the, the crux of the movie. 
but in um, in Slice Alone's uh, post credit scene, those those characters are the original or some of the original Guardians. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe they brought him on board because they might want him to helm a a Marvel's version of the Expendables uh, uh, oh, you know, somewhere God. down the line. Which I, I don't know. I wouldn't be opposed to that. I don't know that he, I necessarily liked him in this film, but. I think they could probably make that work if they got the right the right people involved. So you figure that's more like spin-off fodder than sequel fodder? Uh, kind of, yeah. I think I think they... Again, I was just doing some reading up after I watched this, this film last night, and I think they addressed... They're like, hey, we're just putting it out there, you know. that That's not us saying there's going to be a Ravagers film or anything, but... And I think the, the exact quote would be that it was... Um, the next Guardians film, I think they confirmed, is you know after Infinity War and after... Um, uh, Avengers Four, which I guess is, is that is that still Infinity War Part Two? Or... Uh, it will have a different title, but yeah, it'll have a different title. Okay, yeah, the so, second part of that so, story. So they confirmed Guardians uh, uh, Three will be after the fourth Avengers film. It has a twenty twenty release. Yeah, the the official line is that you know we're not you know we're not saying they'll be in it, but if they are going to be in anything, they'll be in a sequel rather than a spin-off. But I thought that was interesting. You know, again, they, there's a, there's actually um, a, a lot of fan service uh, in this movie. I think there's a lot of fan service in the first one as well. But lots of little cameos, lots of little people that I I obviously you can tell by the nature of the scenes, like the San Lee scene. Is like okay, I don't know who these guys are, but they yeah. are obviously meant to be someone. Uh, the Watchers, I believe they they were, or, or something to that effect, isn't it? The the big brained characters. Yeah, there's just some weird Marvel alien that might or might not yeah. mean anything. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll come back again. Like the Ravagers, maybe we'll come back to it. Maybe we won't. We just put it out there for fun for now. Uh, also, uh, Adam Warlock in another post credit scene. You yep. know, for some reason, this was the film where they were like, "We're going to do five. I don't, I don't really know why this one, but uh... <laughs> they did. I like that that whole subplot, like the whole like golden people, whatever they were called. That literally felt like if you took that out of the film, I think it's a better film. One, but like that felt, ah, uh, we're setting up the next film. Especially, you know, the, the post credit scene made that explicit. But like after seeing the post credit scene, and you you think about the the role, like that whole like side plot played in the film, it's just like, is that there entirely just to set up the third one? Yeah. Kind of. That's 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 what I got from it. Um, um, yeah, especially with that with that scene. Though you did mention the Stan Lee cameo. That technically, the cameo in this film confirms that it's the same Stan Lee in every film. Yes. Yeah. Which was not a theory I was really aware of until until this. But uh, but there you go. Hey, that's fun. I mean, whatever. So I guess that means he's the only character who spans the many different filmic universes. Yes. Um, you know, and hey, you know, Marvel, the comic books, and even the cartoons back in the day. I mean, Marvel have done their their share of dimension hopping. Mm-hmm. So you know, you know, Stanley, he's seen the Tobey Maguire Spider Man, the Andrew Garfield Spider Man, <laughs> and he's seen the Iron Man, and he's I was he in Blade? I'm sure he was. Probably uh, he was in the X Men. Uh, yeah, I actually can't remember if he was in Blade. Um, maybe I mean that might have been a time before that was really a thing. Was it was uh, X Men the first one? Blade. Uh, oh no, X Men would have been two thousand. So, so was that the first one I Stanley be- was in. I perhaps yeah, because I, I do believe he has been in basically all of them since then, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um. So yeah, I'm actually going to look this up right now on on air because I don't want to leave the listeners hanging. He was he was also uh, in Big Hero Six. Uh, is that a Marvel movie or is that just him being in there for funsies? That's a, a Marvel property. Yeah. Is it really? Oh, I, I actually haven't seen that yet, and I know it's supposed to be great, and I, I do mean to get to it. I thought that was just a Disney thing. Because it, it, it is, it is like made by the Disney Animation Studio, but it's a Marvel property. 
uh, oh, there's an article here. Which Marvel movies have not included Stan Lee cameos and why? Uh, this it, uh, it appears to be some kind of forum thread. The poster says, I recently saw Fantastic Four 2015, and I noticed that it did not include a Stan Lee cameo. That's interesting. That's I mean, obviously, that film was a fucking train wreck, so maybe that's why. <laughs> but, like, um, I, I, that is actually kind of weird. I mean, even... Because it's not like he's only ever been in good movies. I mean, that would be... That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the person has a list here. 1989 Captain America movie, 1990s Fatal Four... Uh, Fatal Four. Fantastic Four B movie, Howard the Duck. Uh, he hasn't been in any of the Punisher movies, which is that's interesting because that's all that's also post X Men. Yeah, um, and the Captain America short films. Um, do, do, do yeah. So we got any comments on Blade here? Oh yeah, actually, there's there's um, quite a few. He he wasn't in Blade one or two. He was not in he was not in X two. Wow, I would have guessed he was in all the X Men films. Uh, he was not in The Punisher, he was not in Blade Trinity, Elektra, Ghost Rider, Punisher Warzone, uh, X-Men Origins, X-Men First Class, Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance, and The Wolverine. Um, so yeah, a decent amount actually, that's more than I would have, um, that's more than I would have expected. But still, he's doing, he's doing pretty well, he's doing pretty well. He is, and as I said, combined universe, oh actually, now that I mentioned that, Disney now owns all of those universes, so... Yeah, I guess that's new since the last time we did a show. Yeah, Disney bought out all the entertainment assets of Fox, which means they now own the X-Men, and they have partnered with Sony, so they now have Spider-Man. So Disney have it all now. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously the real world, you know, aspect of of Disney just being this ever-growing conglomerate. They are going to end up like that company in WALL-E. That just makes, that you know, looks like a soda brand, but in the future they own everything. Yep. Um, but yeah, but I mean, you know, obviously we talk about comic book movies on this, so the the implications of that are interesting. You know, Hank Hill in the Avengers, um, <laughs> yes, um, Malcolm's mom from Malcolm in the Middle. You know, all these um, hot properties. I forgot about um, Malcolm in the Middle. I wonder. I wonder if. Um, I wonder if Marvel. Like they, they probably could. I wonder if they could like make a good Fantastic Four movie. Well, the first, uh, like the first one was okay. The, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't offensive. It was. It was all right. The yeah. sequel was pretty poor, and then the the reboot was poor. And they, they just basically Disney now own Fantastic Four, and they own the Incredibles. Just make a live action Incredibles, and job done. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those things where um, uh, I I think they could. That just feels to me. There are certain characters that I I think we've talked about this that just I just don't think they're meant for standalone films. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hulk, obviously, you know the. The MCU Hulk was okay, but I'm. I think we're, we both kind of agreed we're fine with Hulk just being in the ensemble movies. Yep. Um, Fantastic Four. I think they can be in a decent movie, but I think unless they got some really visionary director and screen, screenwriter who adore the franchise and had this grandiose plan, uh, you'd have to imagine it would be in the bottom tier of the MCU. Still have that MCU seal of quality to it, but but I just I don't know that there's a compelling. Uh, uh, filled with these characters to be made, but that's another another discussion for another day. So yeah, back to back to Guardians two. We're talking very broadly about Marvel here. I don't know that there's a a whole bunch really to say about this. I guess the big hook for this one was that um, for first appearance of Ego in any film of, of any variety, I believe I might be wrong on that. Yeah, he's hinted at uh, in Guardians one when it's like, oh, your father is not from Earth, and then this is where he actually shows up. And then he dies. Yeah. So, yeah. 
yeah, I, I, I like, um, you know, I like the the um, the arc of Peter kind of coming to grips with his dad. I feel like it is a bit on the nose, the whole thing of my dad's back, so I'm going to abandon my friends. Oh, no, my dad's bad. I got, I got to go stick to my friends. Yep. You know, that's even the first time I was watching it, I was like, God, that's it's super on the nose and super predictable, but it's fine. You know, I liked it. And, and I think what really saved it was the the very surprising but very pleasantly surprising uh, arc of uh, Yandu as um, as the unlikely father figure because you don't you don't really think of it in the first film but it is you know acknowledged that he basically raised Peter from the age of like you know eight or nine or whatever he was yep and he um, he's, he's he pretty much serves as a side character he's like a a more of a, like a thorn in the side villain in the first film as opposed to like an actual character so it's it's nice that they're they kind of explored some of the side characters here in the sequel as well. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, that, like I said, it was it was um, a, a pleasant twist to it. Uh, and obviously, when, you know, when the big when the, the end rolled around, um, I was uh, you know it was it was it was one of, it was one of the better not that there's not that many, but it was one of the better Marvel deaths I feel like we've had in a, in a while. The punch lands. Yeah, it does. It does. Whereas, like, uh, for some of these films, even if there's not a death at the end, the ending is just kind of like, all right, let's move on, we're done. But I think I think the punch really does land here. It's just like, oh, this is a, a somber, touching moment. Yeah, and and Michael Rooker is is fantastic, obviously. And they they, um, they didn't really have to tie themselves in knots for why he stayed behind on the planet, which is rare. Usually, it's just like, right, we have to contrive like four reasons for why he can't escape with them. You know, somebody has to stay behind with a bomb or something. Yeah, yeah, it, it's um, it, it it all worked, you know. Uh, uh, he had, he also had again, you know, uh, talking of that final scene when Rocket gave him the the, the one, you know, the last you know, spacesuit he had, and, and kind of knowing that he would give it to Quill, I think that's you know that that was implied. Um, Rocket and Yondu had their little their little arc in this film, which was unexpected, and again, you know. Uh, Rocket is this kind of interesting character where he can be this little punchline machine, but he also has this. Uh, kind of sad backstory where he has no real family and, and you know he's this weird monstrosity that was created in a lab and he and Yandu kind of bonded over that. Like, like I said, the, the final act I think really I think it sticks the landing. It's one of those weird things where it kind of doesn't stick the rest of it. It's it's mm. it's kind of awkwardly dangling around in the air and then it hits a perfect a perfect landing. <laughs> um, um, but uh, yeah, so so that that was really great and Kurt Russell I thought was uh, solid. Um, you know he's a good performer. I just I thought that the ego character. I thought that the dynamic between him and Quill was 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 good, but again, it just kind of devolved into like he he literally just wants to take over the entire universe. Like that's his motivation, yep. and so it's uh, it's it's really hard to engage in. Um, uh, and it's also a, a bit wacky that like in this one film, smack in the middle of you know. I, Probably a trilogy is probably wrong color, but you know, in, in the second iteration of the film, we we find out this character has these magical powers and he immediately loses them. Yep, um, and he only know, loses so. them so he can't like fly off the planet himself, so they can actually no, they might contrive some reasons there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, and it's more so that you know we have this intriguing character aspect, but but it ain't sticking around for another film. Yep. We gotta, we, you know, we can't have you ruin an Infinity War. Yeah, we, can, um, we can't have a literal god come down and just strike Thanos away and like, well. That's the end of this universe. <laughs> yeah, and, and and I think that's why the 
the middle part of the film just wanes a little bit. It's just like you know, Ego's you know character is fine, but it, by the numbers in terms of motivation and 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 I, and I said you can just you can see a mile away the the direction of of Quill being you know wooed by his father, even though it's you know you, you're waiting for the reveal, you're waiting for the reveal that Ego's actually an asshole. Um, and you and and the big reunion, it was all very safe. I really, uh, I really didn't like the decision for him to be like, yeah, and then I killed your mom. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, feel I mean, like I you, you could have had Quill come to the realization that this guy is gonna destroy the world. That's probably good to stop him without being like the oh, I killed your mom too. Twirl mustache. Yeah, or or even if they wanted to have him be the the one who killed her, have. Something about that confrontation just didn't really suit me. I think he kind of admitted it a bit too freely. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it just it, it didn't super work for me. And another another problem I had with that kind of middle section of the film, and really hammered at home watching it back again, uh, was the uh, I don't want to say it, it's not bad CGI. I can't put my finger on it, but something about the film just doesn't look as good as the last one did it's a very jarring i think part of it is it's going for more of a natural aesthetic uh in this one whereas the last one it's you know everything's either in space uh nova probably you know looks kind of glossy and, and a bit uncanny valley but the kind of the dingier grimier locations they're in in the first one they look great and, and in this one it's like it's not this bad so i don't mean to invoke this prematurely but it's a little star wars prequel mm. Uh, Ego's planet, it's all very, like, fake. So, and it's, you know, it's, it's a gorgeous setting. It is beautiful. It's, te- it is technically impressive on some level. But the, the scenes where they're, they're first appearing on Ego's planet and they're still, he's still in their good books and they're just marveling at the nature of it. It's like, oh, this, this just looks super fake. It just looks like they're, they're standing against a, a green screen. Super impressive modern day 2017 green screen, but it's still, Still, something tough about rendering, you know, like nature, uh, realistically, as opposed to the first film, kind of rendering grimy, noir, you know, uh, punk kind of vibe. You know, it's it's this one just it just there was a little too much of it, and the theme just just made it hard to 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 uh, really blend them in there with the with the characters. Yeah, and the wor- I think the worst CGI in the film is you know when they, he was unleashing his weird goop on the world. Yes, that yeah, bad. that looked very bad. Yeah, and, and that was also like, uh, that, again, it's just, that was a weird way to visualize what was happening. Mm. Um, and as you say, it wasn't, you know, it, it was weird conceptually and in execution, it was also not super. Uh, so yeah, you know, the, it, it, this one was rough around the edges in in the way the first one wasn't. I mean, the first big problem with the first one was, you know, it was. For my money, anyway, was the, the kind of MacGuffin-centric plot. They were literally just trying to. Everyone was fighting for position of an object, but they they everything else around it ran so smoothly that you kind of you just go, "Eh, it's fine. It's fine. It doesn't matter. It's it's you know, it's not going to be perfect." Whereas this, it's like there's like just enough like little things kind of bothering you about it that that need it's just it's a bit wishy-washy, unfortunately. Uh, still great music, though. I was uh, even even the, like the score. I, this film made me appreciate the Guardians of the Galaxy theme song more. Yes, yeah. Um, it's. I think it's maybe a step or two behind the uh, Avengers main theme. 
but uh, it's certainly up there with the most kind of recognizable music in, in, in this uh, franchise's limited. You know, obviously they don't have a whole lot of great music, but uh, yeah. And that score is done by Tyler Bates. Yes, the, the, the Tyler Bates with an S. Yes, who if you if you, I watched the WWE UK special that they did in what was it May, and JR kept calling Tyler Bates Tyler Bates, so maybe he was making <laughs> that mistake. Uh, possibly, yeah. Possibly. He's a big fan of the MCU, is JR. <laughs> Just watching Guardians of the Galaxy. It's, But yeah, did actually, did you like the, the actual soundtrack as much as the first? Uh, yeah, I did. I think it was one of the aspects where you could make the argument it was as good, if not maybe even a little bit better, I think. Mm. I think, uh, you know, some, some maybe, um, uh, some kind of lesser known is probably wrong. I mean, you got, you know, you know Cat Stevens and a couple of other people on there who are super popular, but... Uh, uh, it's it's one of the rare ways that I think this film is like less on the nose than the first one. First one has an incredible soundtrack, but they're like they're all pretty solid. You could probably, if someone told you the general theme of the story and the the era from which his mom was from, you could probably put that playlist together yourself. You know, yeah. uh, uh, you're doing the film. This one it's a, a little less um, uh, a, a little less obvious, and I think much better for it. Uh, yeah, and as you said, the some of the original music is is great. Uh, James Gunn, I think, said that the the, the song was playing when when we first see Yondu on the on the, in the with the with the robot. I think they're robot hookers. I think that's what they're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, uh, you know that that's an original composition. They had a, like a, a, a like EDM musician or something composed. Really cool, atmospheric kind of thing you'd almost expect to hear like in the background of like a Blade Runner movie or something mm. um, uh, you know he, I think he said that was the first kind of full proper track they had composed for these films uh, which is neat uh, yeah you know so so uh, yeah, maybe by the time Infinity War ends and we start uh, and start all over again with the MCU they'll they'll up their, their score composition efforts because some of these films have have good uh soundtrack compilations but but the actual great original music is is pretty sporadic i will say they had david david hasselhoff singing a song on this on this film so yeah so so that's that's proof right there that they are stepping their game up they're trying and he also cameoed in it but and yeah yeah he's uh is oh yeah oh yeah he was ego and he was also then in the credits as well so yep uh, i like i like that that, that like quills that was his kind of idea of, of the cool dad he wanted was, was David Hasselhoff, you know. It was a Every, nice touch. Everyone wanted Knight Rider when they were a child. Yeah. And you know what? I was actually a big Baywatch fan. Oh, really? I have uh, absolutely no idea in hindsight why. Oh, no, none that. idea. No, none at all. <laughs> hey, no. I mean, it's like, it's not, I'll say this. I've, you know, I watched a lot of, a lot of garbage when I was younger. And I go back and I look at it fondly, but I mean, I was even like I was watching Baywatch, like it was like my favorite show before I I was old enough to really appreciate you know your your Pam Anderson's et al, you know on that show. For some reason, I just thought it was it was cool. But uh, yeah, we all we all respect the Hoff here. Did, uh, you, did you watch the Baywatch movie, the Rock one? I did not. I don't think I will either. I uh, yeah, I might watch. I might watch that. Uh, that Jumanji movie, since people are saying it's like not terrible. So it's like, apparently, yeah, I was, my brother like it has like seventy odd percent of Rotten Tomatoes, and my brother swore it was good, and I refused to believe it because The Rock ruins childhoods. It, that's a known fact. Yeah, 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's uh, he, he's 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 on a bit of a down streak lately. It seems like Fast and the Furious has been his like only certified hit. But uh, but no, you know that one seems to be that, that one seems to be doing okay. So that's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I do like by the way. Speaking of the music, I like I liked the uh, the zoom, uh at the end of this one. I was giving out earlier about like sequel setup. I do like each film ending in a way that allows them to have new and different music in the sequel. And it's funny because it's like when they obviously must have gotten like approval from like Windows to use the Zoom logo and the Zoom name yep. and stuff. But did they know when they were like discussing it that it's like going to be a joke that these aliens like this is what the humans are all listening to in 2017, which it's like it's not. That's the joke, but uh, but yeah. Unless unless maybe Windows don't, do they even make Zunes anymore? I, I just, don't. I just googled it. They discontinued it in June of 2012. That I I thought as much. I was like, yeah, that definitely feels like I recall the discontinuation of it because I recall everyone just joking that like you know who has a Zune anymore. But there was, uh, there was four generations of Zune. I'll have you know. I I believe I had a Zune. Oh. I think I did have a Zune. Um, again, it, like one of my first kind of mp3 players where much like quill in this film i was like what 300 songs on one <laughs> device and his color screen with the album art on it that blew my mind you know nothing those, wrong with the zoom those were the days when... yeah they were all right the the, the earth uh, some people are nostalgic for cds and cassettes records a tracks i don't know there's something mind-blowing about the first mp3 player you ever had yep uh that is pretty damn cool i gotta say you don't have to change the CDs. <laughs> no, no. So that's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Decent highs, uh, pretty inconsistent. Yeah, absolutely. But still, still, if you're, you know, my, my thing to go by is if you're marathoning these before, you know, Infinity War, you want to skip some and you want to include some others, you can, you can keep this one in. This is, it's, it's worth revisiting. Yeah. Uh, you, you watch uh, this. And, uh, we, uh, we have had, obviously, since we last recorded, we have had the Infinity War trailer. The important thing to remember as well, like, that, that, I, we, I'm sure we talked about it on the, fir- the first Guardians episode, but that was the surprise, like, box office hit of, of that year. Like, it was just a colossal thing that everyone saw and loved. And so they kind of, they instantly kind of made that a household name, and now it's going to fuse with the other big household name of the Avengers and Spider-Man is in it. Um, who knows I'm not gonna, we're, we're I'm at the not stage gonna, where they might be able to slip an X-Men cameo in there who knows you know what they just might they could do a really crappy one like in Suicide Squad when Jai Courtney and Ezra Miller ha- obviously had a quote unquote conversation where neither of them were in the same shot at the same time Yep. Um, just to have you know, like, oh god, that was so terrible. I remember why. Among <laughs> the many questions I had after that movie, the first thing I came out of was like, it is so painfully obvious those two people were not on set at the same time. And I also don't think Flash was even like on a set because it really looked like he zipped in front of a green screen. That was bad. So yeah, just pop, you know, Hugh Jackman in there and 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 do the radioactive man Simpsons thing where you just edit the conversation together. <laughs> And you're make your your next thing you know you're knocking Avatar off the top spot, um, which I do not think will happen. Just for the record, but uh, but yeah, I think I think they I think they may certainly compete with. Uh, I think they may nip at the heels of all the previous 
Avengers films and possibly overtake them and maybe even dip at the heels of uh, Force Awakens. Mm. Uh, Which, I, I, I really want Avatar to be knocked off that top spot. Yeah, I just have no affinity. I thought it was I was a, I was a strong Avatar defender at the time. I thought it was cool, but it's not. You know, like it's just such a it's a cool film to watch once, and that's it. Um, I you know, I think I think most people, even people who like it, are in agreement that it's just like it's not anything like special or memorable that it that it deserved that spot. But yeah, you know, it was James Cameron. He, he he was gone for a few years. He came back and. 3D was the thing, you know? Yeah. And I think, I mean, nobody wants these sequels. Nobody wants these five sequels he's making. It's such, it's so bizarre that, like, this is the highest grossing film of all time. And, like, the, like, no one really talks about the film anymore. And no one wants the sequels. But it's still the highest grossing film of all time. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It's such, it's such a perfect, uh, summary of, of how quickly the zeitgeist can change because when that came out and it made the most money of all time people were just like yeah of course it did it's avatar yeah of course and, th- and now it's just like it's just like we're, we're, we're six or seven years removed we're like that's like it it's it's almost difficult to understand how it even happened mm. but uh especially because every because it's an original ip i mean say what you will about the script but the, the 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 brand is original and everything else in the top charts is superheroes and star wars and and all your favorite shit's coming back, and you know, and that's just this weird thing where it's actually an original idea. So that's very, very odd. But um, I guess we could probably, you know, well, I was going to say we we won't speak again before the next film, but of course we will. We've got what a month and a half until Black Panther is out. Yeah, February sixteenth. So I would assume we do what's next? Spider Man. Spider Man. Yes, I'm very excited to rewatch that. I haven't seen that since the cinema, but. Uh, Good ass movie, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and I'm also very look, much looking forward to Black Panther, obviously. So we've had, we actually, I think since the last time we were on, we've had a trailer for that as well. Yeah, uh, uh, that looks neat. And Black Panther features pretty prominently in the Infinity War trailer as well. So yeah, that that, that Infinity War trailer. Just for, I don't bounce around topics here, so, but uh, that's a cool trailer. I did kind of get Ultron vibes from it. Mm. There's a lot. There's a lot of like smashing, pointless, faceless looking robots. A lot of lot of smashing of things, and the big CGI villain who gives the ominous oh, yeah. monologue. The trailer, like that. Look, that Ultron trailer was cool as hell, and I was hyped for that movie before it came out. You know, and I, to be fair, this is made by you know filmmakers I'm more on board with. But uh, I, that trailer dropped the day after I saw Justice League, which was not super good, but it was not super bad either. I I, I didn't have a hot take on Justice League one way or the other. And I, I watched that trailer, and I was just like, "Man, I, I'm just—I don't need any more of these movies where they team up and they fight CGI things for 40 minutes." Mm. And, and you know what I mean? I—I I know not everything can be Logan, but I'm—I'm I'm, I'm feeling kind of tired. But uh, but yeah. But then they we'll, bring out uh, the we'll... old Avengers theme, and you're like, eh. and like "Yeah, yeah, watch that robot Spider-Man suit." Oh, <laughs> oh we'll talk about that next time. Spider- yeah. robot, my problems with the robot Spider-Man suit. But that's neither here nor there. I'm excited. Before we go, Barry Plugs. Uh, yeah, twitter.com slash the Barry Led. Uh, got kind of lazy in the in the last year. New year, I'm going to try to get back in the, the swing of streaming stuff. You can go to the thebarryled.com, which is my, my blogging site. Got a little uh, rundown of what I'm planning to do on the YouTube channel. Got links to the YouTube channel on there. Uh, some new Hitman content and stuff like that coming up soon. But Twitter is the main place, at the Barry Led, for, for updates on what's going down. 